After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Welcome back to 88.3 WCTs. After further review, I'm Derek Lawson here with Frank Bashner and David the Man of God Harris. It's Memorial Day weekend, and it's going to be a hot one out there. I mean, scorching hot, actually, as we record this show. It's already scorching hot. Let's go over a little bit of the weather here uh, in, in the TOL. It's already about close to 90 degrees here while we tape on a Friday afternoon, airing this today on a Saturday morning. It's supposed to be a high of 85 on Saturday, Sunday, 92, and for Memorial Day on Monday, 93, the scorcher is out, and you got to bring out somewhat of the air conditioner. But we got another hot topic for you here. We just got done listening to Frank Bashner's power play. Now we talk a little bit about NBA basketball, and uh, the series is 3-2 as we speak. The Cavs will be playing on Friday night as we record on a Friday afternoon. Hopefully, King James can come through and tie it up. 3-3, but the interesting one is the Rockets have won two in a row, and on Saturday, they got Game 6 in the Oracle, and they actually could probably close them out and maybe disrupt a little bit of the Golden State Dynasty, but last week, David the Man got Harris said that that same Houston Rockets team was in a little bit of trouble, and it looks like the bearded one could be punching his ticket to the finals, but unfortunately, Chris Paul has been ruled out for Game 6 and possibly Game 7 as Vegas has them down as 12-point underdogs in six, and if it goes to game seven because of a hamstring injury. But, David, explain yourself. How was it that you said last week the Rockets were in more trouble than the, the hapless Cavs, and now they're one game away from uh, getting to the finals, considering they've beaten the Warriors twice. It's the first time the Warriors have lost twice in the playoffs since 2016, the first time they've lost at home in the playoffs since 2016. Well, I mean, if you look at the previous two games, it really came down to late game kind of miscommunication and mis-execution from the Golden State side. And so both of those games, it wasn't conceivable. If you look at game five, it was a late, pretty much down to that final play where, you know, everyone's getting on Kevin Durant, hey, you got to take that shot. If this is if this is your team, as a lot of people think it is, you can't pass that ball. You got to take that shot. You got to drive. You got to make the play. And then in game five, it was just, again, missed execution in late game situations. Yes, you have to give credit to Chris Paul who for some came out of bleep in nowhere in that game five and just started draining three doing his own little Steph Curry shimmy. But it wasn't as though either of those games were games in which Golden State kind of lost, you know, going away. These were closed games where play here, play there makes a big difference and Houston executed Golden State did not. And so I imagine game six going, you know, it's at home, you know, playing well at home versus on the road. And we see the same thing in the East. But if Golden State makes some of their shots, are we having the same conversation? If Houston makes their shots or misses their shots, are we having the same conversation? It's execution. 
and Golden State, for all the firepower, all the stars that they have, all the all NBA talent that they have, they just didn't shoot the ball well in the fourth quarter of those games, and that's where it came down to. Or maybe they went to ISO ball instead of being team ball like they normally do, and the Rockets, like I mentioned last week, the Rockets went to starting doing team ball, a little less ISO ball, and they were able to get two straight victories. Now, Andre Iguodala's been out the last two games, and we'll get Frank's take because I know he's on a little bit short on time, though, but... I mean, David, I mean, you're saying stuff like, well, if this team would have made their shots and this team didn't make their shots, I mean, that just happens in the game of basketball. I just think you have to give credit where credit is due. The Rockets have been playing very well these last two games. They got the victories that they needed. Now they got to really step their game up with Chris Paul being out in game six in Oracle. But, Frank, what's your take? I I really think that uh, the Rockets have shown that they can compete. They can they have a chance to slay the dragon known as the Golden State Warriors, who have just been rickrolling everybody the last few years in the West. And plus, they haven't been playing so much ISO ball. But I think the the big thing for me is, will is it going to be no Chris, no CP3, no chance the next two games, or no CP3, no problem? I mean, because you guys both know I'm a big believer in next man up and. Somebody else is going to have to step up, and it's a pretty big spot, too, because you got to go to Oracle Arena, which is one of the most hostile environments in the NBA, win a game, and you send and Golden State is gone fishing. You lose, it goes back to Houston, and where Game 7, pretty much anything can happen. And, of course, as for – and, of course, in the East, I think uh, – I think is this pot. Everyone's talking about, could this be LeBron's swan song again in Cleveland? Is he going to leave if the Cavs get eliminated? But, of course, I think a lot a lot of and also a lot of it is, uh, why is nobody else stepping up? LeBron is going out there and doing his job, but nobody else is stepping up as well. I mean, guys are not playing as well, and other guys, like I think it was in Game 5 where – they're losing their cool, like Larry Nance Jr. wasn't happy with the way he was contacted by, I want to say it was Marcus Morris, and then he goes up and gives him a shove and gets teed up. And Yep, yep, yep. But, yeah, and I, I think that in games like this, cool, cooler heads have got to prevail. And, I mean, LeBron has been an example of that. I know that I remember in game five he got he kind of got tangled up with Aaron Baines a little bit, and then he immediately went and – Helped him up. It's like, hey, sorry about that, man. So, I mean, that's good on his part. But, of course, the, what I think is going to happen, I think LeBron's going to deliver another amazing performance because when he if he gets into a game seven, I think the Cavs have a really good chance because you look at LeBron in game seven. The only, t- the only game seven that he lost – he was a loser in, was in 2008 against the Celtics when the, it was the first year of the big three. And that loss, he wasn't really on LeBron. Is he? I think he poured in like 40 – he had 40 points, and I think he had close to a triple-double. And, of course, the game really was close until I believe it was P.J. Brown who hit a three-pointer with about a minute left, and that ended up winning it for the Celtics. So – I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the attention is going to be on LeBron, and if they if they lose, where's he going to end up going? If they win, 
win game six, it'll be like, okay, game seven, LeBron, here we go. Could it be epic, though, Frank, where LeBron comes up really big and silence the Boston crowd if they win game six? I think they kind of win game six. Boston looks like two totally different teams at home and on the road. But in game seven, and which will be on Sunday, which I'm sure ABC and ESPN will love it if this game goes to a game seven on Sunday, does LeBron do like he did in 2010 where he walks out the lock, uh, walks off the court dejected and takes his Cleveland Cavaliers jersey off? Or does he go in and have a really great big performance and he adds more to his legacy? I think he'll have another virtuoso performance in game seven because that's what, that's what he has done. Whether or not now whether or not it ends up being a win, I think that that could be something different. Or if he if he wins, then you de- you definitely got to start making plans to build that man a statue somewhere because he's. <laughs> I think you and I have both said it. He's had to MacGyver his way through again through the series against the Pacers, and he's had to do it somewhat here against the Celtics. Yeah, and he dominated the Toronto series. I mean, he pretty much played with those guys. He knew that he just had a mental edge over those guys. And you're right. If LeBron, and I'll agree with Frank, if LeBron wins the finals, they better build him a stat. I will say he's better than Jordan because this is whatever. The stuff he's got here is just, I mean, it's almost like the, the tools. It's almost like getting tools from, like, Walgreens versus getting your tools from a snap-on man. I mean, he just does not have any really help at all. You just don't know who's going to show up. And if Kyle Korver is your second to third best player on your team, that, that that says a lot. I mean, Kyle Korver's older. He's just a specialist. Not really good on defense. This this team is horrible. I mean, I hate to say it. LeBron elevates it. You take LeBron off this team, and I don't. I'm sure. They would get a higher spot in the NBA draft than what they got in the eight pick, and they only that's the only reason because they got the basically the Brooklyn pick out of that Boston Celtics trade because this team is a hodgepodge of nothingness. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And David, one more thing, fellas: if the Celtics win these next two games, how much credit do you give to Brad Stevens? I, for me, I think. I've said it before. Brad Stevens right now is the best coach in the NBA because he's had to he has had to do a lot more with less. I mean, he had no no Gordon Hayward, no Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown banged up. I mean, you had guys like Terry Rozier step up. I mean, Jason Tatum has had a phenomenal rookie season, and he's shown up in big spots. Brad, I think Brad Stevens to me, he is the best coach in the NBA. Now what? Now would you have said the same thing if he had Irving and Hayward? That uh, you know that that's interesting, but I think I think given the fact that he hasn't had them, you have you have to really give him a lot more credit for getting his guy, getting guys like Rozier to step up, up as well. So, I mean, I'm not sure if he'd be get. I'm not sure if he'd be get getting this much praise if he had those guys I mean he'd probably still be getting some credit but he wouldn't be getting as much with now that Irving and uh, Hayward are out no okay David I I think it goes back to where you had expectations for this team going into the season because for a lot of people it was looking at the roster 
including Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, it was like, okay, get to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's the bare minimum. But now that he's here, you have to be if he did it without those two players. Is it, okay, you got to this place despite not having these two players, so we give you a lot of credit? Or is it kind of looking at the team that was constructed and the way that Brad Stevens has managed all of these other pieces and kind of getting them into the roles where they can best excel? I think kind of goes to where your starting point is. For me, I thought he was a solid coach, a very good head coach, one of the better coaches in the league despite age and going into a situation where there was not a complete rebuild, but kind of Boston was working their way from the ground up after trading away all their big big uh, name pieces. But for me, I think he's still one of the better coaches in the league. We just can't, like automatically can't say, oh, he's the best coach in the league, at least for me, because it's still... He still has to get over that hump. He still has, not that he has anything left to prove, but it's just, the majority of the score hasn't been here before. And so when the bullets are flying, let's see, we've, we've addressed, you know, why is it working at home versus why is it not working on the road? That's one thing that's kind of, you have to think about when you think of like great coaches, they're able to do it both home and on the road. And so there's those small little details that are nitpicky for some. But for me, I still think he's still as great of a coach heading into the season as he is now. Yeah, I, I, I guess my thing is with Brad Stevens, is, and some people are saying he's getting too much of the of the credit. And, and granted, I, I will say that you know, as we kind of finish this uh, segment up, um, I don't know. I, I mean, Boston. If you think about it, in the NBA, you have to have a lot of great talent to win. I mean, would we be saying the same thing if Brad Stevens was coaching this Cavs team without LeBron James? I mean, I mean, it would be almost nearly a miracle if he was doing what he was doing with that, LeBron, with that team without LeBron James. And, you know, I understand that they don't have Kyrie, they don't have Hayward. But then again, though, the players that they do have, like Al Horford, they're not chopped liver either. So I do think he's does he's been doing a wonderful job of what he's been doing, but then it gets to the point to where how much credit is credit do you give to this coach? Considering yeah, you don't have the superstars. I understand you got to win with superstars in the NBA, but at the same time, you can't say these guys on Boston is really booty. I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, if you take away LeBron from the Cavs and you match the Cavs up against this Boston Celtics team, who's the better team? I mean, it's obviously Boston, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was... exactly. So, I mean, what he's doing, I think, is very incredible. Without Kyrie and Gordon, I think he's uh really you know galvanized this team. And you got to remember too, Al Horford has has been an All Star in the past, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, uh, they got bright futures ahead of them. And Marcus Morris, you know, did really good job in Detroit. I think he was another guy that was maybe a missing piece for Detroit. You know, winning obviously after they uh, split up everything, but. Uh, I, I I think he's done a really great job, but it's just that I don't know. I, 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 I If he wins the championship, I'll really give him full credit, but I think it's kind of more 50-50 of what Brad Stevens is doing. Um, and as far as the, the Houston and Golden State series, um, I, I think Houston might be able to pull it off, but you know, basically James Harden is going to have to have m- maybe the performance of his life. I would agree with you there. 
Oh, okay. David? Yeah, and, and again, you know, loss for Chris Paul, that basically means, hey, James Harden, you can't go, you can't put up a goose egg in a three-point category. Like, if you, you got to be the shooter now. Well, yeah, he put up a goose egg in the three-point category, but he's actually put up some chalking up some numbers in the win category. And what's more important, you hitting threes and catching a loss, like earlier in the series, or you're missing your threes, but you're up 3-2 in the series and able to close out the champs. I mean, I, I would want to be shooting while heading into an NBA final. Well, yeah, but you, you could have one bad series and then go to a good series. Look at the Cavs. Brink of elimination against the Pacers, and then in the next series against the Raptors, they pretty much slapped the dinosaurs around, and then now they're struggling with the Celtics maybe on the brink of the season being over and the era of LeBron being over in Cleveland. So, I mean, series to series, things change up. Well, I mean, Toronto, like, stinks. So, I mean... <laughs> No, no, no. Well, they got number one in the East, so they can't stink too much. Well, I mean, we talked about heading into the playoffs. I mean, were they really the number one seed, or were we all like, eh? Well, well, we all know that in that series, LeBron was like the Cavs are always that better team, regardless of the record. Frank, did you did you you had a little bit of faith in the Raptors? I mean, I I expect them to probably get one or two games. At- at Air Canada Center, her, but I did not expect them to get laid broomed. <laughs> oh, Le- another one of Frank's terms, labroomed. <laughs> also, I think I'm not sure who coined. I've seen it posted on Facebook before. It's whatever LeBron, whatever LeBron James sweeps the team, they get labroomed. <laughs> labroomed. Okay, that's a that's a good one. All right, final predictions, fellas. Uh, uh, obviously, does it go to Game 7? Do we have a good Memorial Day weekend of basketball? And who basically comes out of these series and gets to the finals? Frank, go first. I think LeBron's going to get the Cavs to a Game 7, and he'll win said Game 7 and get there. And as for the West, I know Chris Paul is out, but, you know, this – the Rockets just seem like a team of destiny in the West this year. They somehow find a way to end Golden State's run of going to NBA Finals, but that may only be for a short time as Golden State will probably shake things up. So I think we'll see uh, Houston and Cleveland in the Finals. Houston and Cleveland. David? Go green, go gold. Ah, okay. And then again, we got to remember, too, David is also a LeBron hater. So he probably, it looks like to me, David, you hate greatness. You don't like Ovi and you don't like LeBron. But you do love Tim Tebow. Well, I mean, in terms of the series, what what have we seen from Cleveland to say that they can go into Boston game seven, regardless of if LeBron scores 80 points. Well, they've done, they've dominated them at home. So, I mean, it's obvious they can win game six. And as we've mentioned on this show and Frank mentioned earlier, anything can happen in game seven. Yeah, I agree. Anything can happen. I just don't expect from what we've seen before. Oh, wow. It will be unprecedented if J.R. Smith goes off in game seven, if Kyle Korver goes off in game seven. Hell, if Tristan Thompson plays well in the game seven. Like it, it may be similar to when LeBron James had a forty-point triple double, and it was like, "Where's the rest of the team?" Yeah, I guess so. we got a point there, but uh, we're gonna get get on out of here. I think uh, it'll be Cleveland and Houston. I kind of gotta agree with um, 
Frank, and it'll be a good NBA Finals. And uh, um, I, I could see, like I said, I kind of rooting for LeBron to win the Finals because because it's just what he's been doing has just been impressive with this hodgepodge of nothingness. Uh, Frank, when you get out of here, uh, you got two games to umpire this weekend. Uh, yep, I got a couple games I got to work. Eric, and it's going to be hot in both of them. Yes, well, good luck with that, Frank, man. Thank you. And that's Frank Vashner there on the phone lines. And, David, when we return, um, basically, we're going to talk a little bit about the anthem, right? Yeah, unfortunately. So I'll, I'll cue up the organ, take people to... Okay, well, we'll talk about that and more here on 88.3 WTs. After further review, make sure you always uh, check us out on our podcast and on SoundCloud and on iTunes. WTs. After further review on SoundCloud and just after further review on iTunes. When we return, we'll talk a little bit about the anthem. It's going to be another hot topic here on a hot Memorial Day weekend. We'll be back after this. 